Hello. Hi. You are tuned into Synchronicity Podcast. Welcome back. We are here to serve, guide, and navigate these crazy waters that we call life together here at Synchronicity. Uh, we are Nicole and Megan. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Where it's always a wild, wild adventure. <laughs> We always talk about what's new in the world, kind of what we're curious about, what we're fearful of, like collecting information and hearing just the world around us and kind of what's going on. So we're in it with you. We talk about a lot of different things. Um, if you are an OG, welcome back. If you are a new person and you haven't listened to us before, make sure that you subscribe so that you get notifications when we decide to uh upload a new podcast because we're both Gemini's so it's never regular so if you subscribe then you'll know when we drop them we're getting better (laughs) but welcome and thanks for being here we're super excited to have Brian Burnaman on the show today he's going to talk to us about conscious living meditation and really how to change your relationship with um, life and change in general and um, without further ado Brian I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience Awesome. Thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me to be on, on your show. I think I'd, like, especially when I saw the name, I'm like, yes, synchronicity, like all about being sent and all about synchronicity. You know, that those are amazing things to actually be aware of at this moment in life. So a little bit about me, like, I mean, like I can talk about four hours about me, but I'm just going to give a brief um, highlights of, of my life and one of the things that I have found after many years of practice and trying to understand myself is that it's hard nowadays to label myself. It's kind of like I'm this being that it's ever evolving and it's made up of this all these different aspects. But if I have to actually talk about certain things, it's like, okay, like I'll talk about it. So I, I grew up in, in Argentina and... I grew up as a typical kid, sports, uh, school, um, socially awkward in some stages and different things like that. Um, And I was always a little bit of a different than the rest in some aspects. And I never fully found my place until my parents introduced me to spirituality and to different teachings and meditation and tibetan buddhism and that's when i found my thing like up until that moment yes i was playing sports yes i was doing all of these different classes but i couldn't find what was my thing in this world and luckily my parents introduced me to it and then i just kept on practicing and exploring and exploring and that led me to different modalities different energy healing modalities as well um returning to my body that was huge for me um i remember my first ever class of tibetan yoga it was the first time that i actually felt my body up until that moment i thought that i knew how my body felt how feelings felt but i had no idea so i remember that distinctively like wow this is you know like this is how this is and I was like, I was blown away and that hasn't stopped for the last 20 years. Um, and then I remember another time with learning Reiki. 
um I, I went well more than learning I went to my first Reiki in session and I was like oh wow this is you know unbelievable I can feel this energy and then I started to work with it and it's like okay like this is another amazing thing that I was completely oblivious about and this led me to try to explore more and more and then I decided when I finished studying so I studied I did three bachelors and a postgraduate in neuroscience and that was great for my understandings of everything as well that I work with and that I do and I decided, okay, I'm just going to, to live. And I bought a one-way ticket to New York and I lived in New York and for a while at different places in the US and in Europe and then back to the US where I lived at the Tibetan Buddhist retreat center for a few years, going super deep into the practice and into my experience. And after that, for the last eight years, I've been living in New Zealand which has been beautiful um, and here I have been able to for the last six years to run my own organization that it's called Conscious Action and um, we did we help people to make changes in their lives and to have an impact in the world um, and we do that in a lot of different ways so for me it's all about raising awareness and being able to to engage with people and to connect and to be able to to hold everything with with compassion so that you know I have an understanding that we're all different yet we're all the same yeah. so how can I hold that space for myself and for everyone so that's in a nutshell everything <laughs> yeah that's that um it's really your moment of saying feeling your body in yoga was such a um it's so important. I think so many people were both yoga teachers. Megan is a tenured Bikram teacher. Um, and I'm more on like the vinyasa yin side. I am also a hot teacher, but, um, it's so many people we watch in yoga classes and they are so disassociated from their body and their nervous system. They don't even, they can't even be present in a yoga class. And, um, we are like, how are you present in life? Like how, you know, how do you go about your everyday life walking in this? You're living in your head all the time, right? You don't even have, you don't even understand your feelings. Um, you can't even be present in a yoga class, which is pretty, it's profound when you think about how many people are walking around without actually knowing how their body feels. Well, and intuition comes from the gut. Like everything comes from like we, um, you know, conscious living is in, in my opinion is not in the head. It's actually in the body. So you know, I, we do a lot of work around this too, where it's like, when you drop people into their nervous system, into the body, you actually, you know, and there's a saying that says the mind thinks, but the heart knows, uh, you know, and that the heart and the gut, I think communicate a lot. And I have never once been wrong when I followed my heart, but I am wrong most of the time when I follow my head. Uh, so I love actually hearing this from a man, because uh, I think that there's a lot of dissociation that goes on with women, but even more so today with men and consciousness, because the masculine has really taken um, a downward spiral in all societies worldwide. Uh, and we are, you know, one of our biggest missions for 2023 is to actually bring back the divine masculine. And so I love having a conscious man on the podcast right before we're really entering this new part of our company. Um, because it is so important. And for those of you that don't understand what grounded masculine is, 
if you're hearing the way Brian's talking and how he presents himself, that's what you, we, that's conscious grounded energy. Um, immediately when you hear his voice, there's a groundedness to the feminine that I even felt. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I really enjoyed that there, cause there's, there's so many men we talk to and they're in their chaotic feminine and I'm like, okay, great. But um, having that example and um, it, it's just amazing. I love that you represent this. I love that you're far ahead of us with six years into this. Um, but I am super into the Buddhism thing. Cause actually when I studied religion, Buddhism is, I was Catholic mm-hmm. until I studied religion and then Buddhism is actually what drew me the most. Um, and funny enough, you know, 15 years later, I'm like, that's actually, it, I believe that consciousness is most found in Buddhist philosophies. Uh, and when you were talking about like Reiki and things like that, it's funny, right? We're so different, but we find so many similarities. Um, but if you were to give our audience like one overall of like advice on where to start on their path, like what would you tell them? Oh, this, this is, this is big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, that that's good. You know, I, I find there's, there's some, some basic things for everyone. I, I, I understand we're all different and we're all in a different path and we all need different keys that are going to unlock our doors to find our own path and saying that returning to the body what you were just mentioning as well returning to the body the importance of returning to the body and to slow down those two things are universal for everyone in this society in this modern civilization that we have that is rushing all of the time going i don't know where they are going but they are going and they are going there fast so they have having that possibility of saying like i'm going to slow down and Mm -hmm. i'm going to actually try and engage with this other huge aspect of myself that is my body as you were saying the heart the gut there's i find you know a lot of times i i remember this when when i was talking some years ago with with my teacher and he said there's a lot of the teachings in um, and this it was about tibetan buddhism he said there's a lot of the teachings that are true and then once you start to experience them then they are no longer true in that sense of there's this separation that i that i invite all of the time the people that i work with that they it's like okay go from your head to your body like go down allow your your mind to go into your body and saying that at one point once they're in there it's like okay there's no longer a separation of mind and body like there's all one it's all interconnected until the moment that we can get there yes there's a separation because we have been separating it so we need to reconnect to those aspects that we have neglected for so long so those two things i think that are so important to be able to get out of that automatic pilot of that of that unconscious living and moving into more conscious living and moving into whatever path or whatever technique or methodology or tradition is going to be the one that resonates with each individual i love that um also it's there's such a i heard the other day from one of my mentors that it's 
the, you know, the, the mind is to solve other people's issues. When you're communicating with others, that's what we should be using. But when we're trying to solve our own problems or trying to figure out our purpose or who we are, it's dropping into our bodies. And how often are we always in our head and we're never in our bodies. So I love what you're saying. Cause again, synchronicities of I've been hearing this so much and I'm trying to spend more time in my body because I've spent most of you know, my 30 years on this planet in my head of just like, oh my gosh, this and this and this and that accomplishment. And actually shockingly, when we slowed down and we started taking a breath and we started meditating, we've been able to create this incredible, you know, whatever our company's becoming (laughs) by doing less. I know that sounds insane, but it's actually, we've gotten way more done by doing less and being in the consciousness then we have um, of the go, 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 accomplish, 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 because it's very toxic. And it's, um, it's, it's actually, in my opinion, how the, the powers that be that I don't really like to talk about keep people from being in their highest selves um, and following their life path. And I love that you found that really young. And um, what is your favorite like meditation that you do daily? Or how do you recommend people get into meditation more? Because I, well, we think that that is absolutely pivotal in life. It has changed my life. Well, and it's, we have found it's key to like success and slowing down. And like, for me, like I'm very much an energy being. And like, when I slow down, that is like Megan said, you know, it's like, I got to like, take a breath and be like, wow, okay. I don't have to like go all the time. So yeah, I would love to love to hear like how you have, Mm. how you do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think before I I shared what I think that is helpful and supportive, I think that it's important to understand what meditation is. Because there's many people that have misconceptions about what meditation is. And the easiest way that I share about meditation is meditation is a way of connecting. Connecting with yourself, connecting with your inner and outer environment. How that looks like for everybody, especially at the beginning, that that is what needs to look perhaps a little bit different. Yes, it's not the same being able to have a sitting meditation that there's nothing else happening versus a moving meditation or a walking meditation or different ways of meditating because we can get to a different layer of experience saying that at the very beginning when someone hasn't done any practice of meditation or any practice to connect with themselves it's about finding something that they are already doing and just being more aware of it. So mm-hmm. a lot of times with a lot of people that play sports, I tell them when you when when the like top athletes they talk about being in the zone, that is meditation. Oh. That is meditation. Meditation is when you're in the zone. Those mm-hmm. athletes they are so present when they are playing that you know like there's two seconds on the clock and they need to like catch the ball and shoot it their time slows down for them because they are in a meditative state they might not think about it in that way because that's not the way that we talk about it but that's it when we are in nature that is meditation a lot of times yes meditation needs to be about slowing down or stopping or sitting 
and noticing. And I think that for a lot of people, as we've been trained to be in our hands, just sitting and saying, okay, be quiet and, and, and allow your mind to go still, that is actually a, like one of the ways that people get put off by meditation practices because it's like, well, that's not happening. I'm clearly failing at meditation. I can't meditate. And, and I'm always saying, there's no, like, you cannot fail in meditation. You can actually try and you can not achieve what you were expecting. And that's a different thing. But being able to find what is the way that you're going to make it for me for most people i actually encourage them to do moving meditation before doing sitting and still meditation and the reason why is because they need some energy movement and they need to come back to the body so even if that's slow walking or being in nature and just looking around to to the trees or to the foliage or whatever it is there I think that that is a first step that is conducive. And on top of that is finding perhaps more guided meditations rather than solo meditations. And for me, something that really worked was sound meditation. So sound journeys or sound bath. That for me was amazing because I didn't have to do anything and the sounds were just allowing me to get into that space. But one of the biggest things as I talked about expectation is releasing all of, all of those expectations. Meditation at the very beginning is be present. That's it. Be connected. So there, there is no need to actually have any specific breath, motion or flow. There's no need to actually quiet the mind. There's no need to like be super still. At the very beginning is removing all of those barriers to be able to create space to reconnect. Well, I love that you're the way you describe that, because mm -hmm. I think we have so many clients that come to us and they, you know, they're like meditation. They like kind of like freak out. They almost like pump the brakes and they're like, I don't know if we can work with you. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa it's okay. Like, we're not going to like throw you into this, like a, you know, six hour, you can't move. We're going to, you know, put you in like a Vespasna situation. Like we're, it's okay. Um, but it's also, you know, it's, it is. I love that you made the connection with sports and movement, because I think that with organized religion, a lot of people have a bad stigma around what the word meditation actually means. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I always think like prayer is very similar to meditation. It's being still and being in the moment. And, you know, when you really just said like the awareness, the present moment of awareness, it's so many people don't realize that they're meditating when they're actually meditating and they're in the zone, um, which is, you know, a beautiful thing. And hopefully now people that are listening who haven't had this like aha moment that they're already doing it can, you know, relax more into that and really realize like, oh, wow, this is, this is actually my nervous system. This is like, I'm being present here in the moment of, you know, I'm not scrolling and I'm not constantly stimulating my brain. Yes. Which you, you know, like, there's, uh, I, I got to this understanding for myself at least when starting to work with more and more people that have never been introduced to meditation or have never been introduced even to other like ways of living. And I'm like, okay, like I can't go into these places and tell people let's meditate or let's, <laughs> you know, like, or, or all of these different words that are quote-unquote spiritual or woo-woo or whatever we want to call them because for most of the population 
this is not what they know so my my job there is how can i meet them where they are and it's there they understand sports they understand business they understand nowadays a little bit more mindfulness is a little bit more acceptable but they also understand as you're saying prayer they understand going perhaps to church they understand those aspects and those are moments that for some people some of those things are actually a place of meditation and connection i love chanting i love um doing uh what would be in a sense prayers like you know like doing mantras that mm-hmm. for me is super powerful to connect but if i'm using a mantra in sanskrit or in tibetan in the middle of an office here in the city i'm going to get kicked out you know it's like who's this weirdo but if i am saying the same thing potentially in english you know it's like okay love compassion peace love compassion peace and just repeating that for like one minute that is that rhythm that perhaps gets people into it and it's not something that is super foreign. And, and I think that this is the key all of the time is, you know, understanding that we have all been conditioned so much and we are averse to so many things because it's unknown. And and also we have been shown, you know, a lot of times, you know, we are we are things or you know, like dogmatic things, and it's like this potentially like the image of a guru and whatever it is and it's like oh i don't want to live that way you know like in the middle of the mountain and having nothing you know so it's like where can we meet each other and understanding you know not everybody needs to live the same experience yet there's places of commonality there to actually meet each other and connect so that for me is always key to be able to to understand you know Yes, it's easy for me to talk with, with with both of you. I understand what you already understand, so I could talk so easy and not even mention all of this. But I know that a lot of the people that are listening to us, this might be the first time that they are listening anything about this. So it's like, okay, I don't want to put them put them off from connecting to themselves just because there's some words that are foreign to them. Right. Well, and I think it's very important because I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are still, and no offense to them, still have a boss and they still kind of live in the matrix of the veil being over their eyes. And so I would love to hear like how you help people change their relationship with their work and their, their work environment and in their self. Mm. Yes. I I love this because even if people are still working for someone, a nine to five, there's a lot of potential that is that is there to be untapped. And the key there is understanding how are you showing up to work and how are you using the arena of work as the space for your personal development? People don't think about this. People are just like, I need to go. So... I remember with, with one of my clients that that she was fed up with work, you know, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go and work for myself. And I'm like, okay, so what's your business? And she had no idea. And I'm like, okay, so you have two kids and you're a solo mom and you're saying that you're going to quit and you don't have an idea what you're going to do. I'm like, 
cool. But just pause for a moment and feel into that and see if that is what you want to do at this moment. So basically what I work with her, and this is what I work with a lot of people, is understanding she wasn't ready to move on because she had no idea what she was going to get into and she had a lot of responsibility. This is perhaps different for someone like when I was younger and I'm like, okay, I don't have any responsibility. I'm just going to do my own thing because, you know, if I don't make any money, I'm okay. <laughs> but some people have responsibility. So I, I told her, okay, what are the issues that you have at work? And we like, you know, like we put them into the space and then it's like, okay, so what are you doing for yourself in those hours that you're at work? And she's like, what do you mean? Well, like, how are you understanding how do you show up? Your energy level, your concentration levels. How are you learning about yourself whilst you're doing all of that? You know, you're already doing that. So she was already in front of the computer and putting data. And I'm like, okay, have you ever challenged yourself to see how fast you can do it without any errors? How fast can you do it as fully concentration? How can you get into the place that you understand, okay, at this time of day is where my energy dips. What are the tasks that I need to do when my energy levels are high? And what are the tasks that I need to move into the day to actually do them when, they, when there's not that much energy? Understanding energy levels is huge, especially for women. I mean, like, this is both men and women, but, you know, Every week, it's different for women. Mm -hmm. and most women have no idea about their cycles. Yes. And if they are not understanding their cycles, then they don't understand how they're showing up at work and how they're showing up with each other. If work, if you work with a team of people, that's a great space to understand interaction and relationships. You know, you're in this close space with people that, I mean hopefully you have some kind of relationship with because you're there every day with those people and there's a lot of stress in those spaces there's a lot of pressures and the communication aspect of it is huge so you know how can we understand how are we communicating honestly openly how are we creating boundaries how are we showing up and saying to someone like you know i'm i'm in this place in my cycle now so my energy is super low and i just had this big thing happening at home so like i need support today who does that at work you know like how many people shows up at work and says that and that's because we don't understand the power of that space so when we start to shift the fact that well i'm already going to go there until the day that i quit i'm there so how can I use this for my personal growth? How can I actually challenge myself to grow, to understand about my body, to understand about, again, my energy level, my focus, my, my concentration level, my, um, my gratitude for being able to make a living, even if it's not exactly what I want, I'm actually making a living. So I'm there. I have the capacity to actually do something that hopefully is supporting society hopefully so you know like until the moment that there's a change in the circumstances 
I'm already doing that. So it's the same as, you know, like, and, and this perhaps for a lot of people might not seem like work, but I'm showing up here, right? I had the chance to do at this moment million other possibilities of things that I'm going to do. So I'm showing up here. So if I'm showing up here, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be present. I'm going to actually make the best of this. So as I'm talking to you, I am feeling what's going on in my body. I am feeling how I'm sitting. I am actually noticing my energy, your energy, and I am understanding of how can I use this moment for my growth? You know, I'm even when I'm talking, I am going through what I'm saying. I'm being like, I'm even making sense, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's about bringing more awareness to what I'm already doing. And that is how we start to shift our relationship to our work. And on top of that, it's understanding. One of the big ones is why are you working? You know, why are you working? Because a lot of people haven't even questioned that. And a lot of people might not need to be doing what they are doing. So the being able to ask that question, why, is huge. And then once you're there, it's like, okay, let's change the how. That is the key. Because what you're doing, it's going to be the same. How? I remember when I was um, working at one moment, um, some years ago, I was at the Buddhist center and I was working, making books. And I remember that everything that we did there was about bringing the teachings into our work environment in a sense and i remember that i used that to shift my relationship with time so i expanded time everything slowed down so i was able to be completely what i talked in that zone just like a basketball player when everything slowed down that was my experience i was like whoa you know i was nursing that and it's like everything is moving in slow motion and I'm able to move fast in between that. And that was work. And I'm like, okay, this is what's possible. I'm just not tapping into that potential that is there in that, you know, eight hours or nine hours or however long people are working per day. Because you know what? In your days, you're sleeping, hopefully eight hours, hopefully minimum eight hours. And then you're working for at least eight hours plus like going and getting there. You don't have that much time in your life outside of work, really. So if you're working a full-time job, most of your day is at work. So use your work wisely. <laughs> well, that's that, um, you know, when you were saying you were slowing down time, right? You know, there's like some days where you go to work and the day goes really fast and people are like, wow, that was great. And then they try to repeat it the next day and the day's super long and like dragged out and then they're miserable. But I really, um, the moment you talked about energy, like being aware of your energy is so important at work because people are energy vampires. And when you're not aware of your own energy and you go to work and you're just, it's almost chaos, Right. You come home and you're exhausted and you're drained and you, you know, you don't want to work out. You don't want to move your body or you don't want to like be present. You just, a lot of people check out with food or TV or, you know, iPads and scrolling and stuff like that. You know, it's, that's such a pivotal thing and so important with work. And I really, I love that you like talked about that because 
so many people have come to us and they're just like, I'm burnt out with my job. You know, I'm sure you're very similar, you know, have had very similar people tell you that, you know, um, but approaching it in a totally different perspective is, is really quite amazing. Well, and we're seeing this, um, I don't know what you guys are seeing in New Zealand, but here, I mean, our mother is a good example. I have a really good friend. It's like, they've just had it and they quit. They cannot do it one more day. And I had a really good friend of mine say, I would, and this is a, such a profound thing to get to this point because we're seeing it in society. People are so burnt out. They're so done. And they realize that their work is killing them that they say, I would rather die than continue to do what I'm doing. That is such a profound state to get into because the suicide rate is crazy right now. And I think because people aren't living in purpose, they're not living with intention. They're not living their, their true soul purpose. And this is kind of an offhanded question, but for those people that are just done, they cannot do it anymore. I, you know, so many people to this one friend of mine and to our mother is like, what the hell did you do? And when you get to that point, when you're that miserable, I'm like, yeah, you did it. Like, I love this. Let's find who you are and what your purpose is. Um, so people like how, you know, how do you find that? Why? How do you find that purpose? I'm curious to see like what your take on this is, because we're having to work with a lot of people through this of like finding that next thing. Um because it's 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 so pivotal to happiness that you're living in your sole purpose and with intent and in your why. And we haven't been taught to do that. We've been taught to chase money. And the funny thing is, is when you're in your sole purpose, money starts chasing you. Uh, and that's what we have found. And you're like, holy moly, I never, I didn't know this was a rule of the universe. Um, but how did you step into your purpose or how do you help people step into their purpose? Because this is so huge right now. And it's going to be big for our audience because so many people are just done. And I encourage them when you get to that point where, you know, you have to drink after work or you're watching porn or you're doing something to have to check out of your life, get out of your job. I cannot stress that enough. It is not worth your well-being. Um, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. So I want to hear what you have to say on this subject, because we are seeing it in mass droves mm -hmm. of just people are like, I'm done with the way I have been living. I will not be a slave anymore. Um, which is, so I, I feel I'm like their cheerleader, but, um, you know, how would you go about dealing with that? Very curious. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think that it's a few things. One here in New Zealand, it might not be at the scale of some of those things as it is right. in the U S uh, and in, you know, like in some other places, but it happens as well. Um, and I mean, and I work with people as well from the U S and from Europe and stuff right. like that. So I do know this. I, I always come back to understanding, and this comes from the Buddhist teachings, the preciousness of this life. Mm -hmm. And understand, as you're saying, you know, it's not worth my health. It's not worth my well-being like, to do that. Then I can get out. Now, as I talked about my client that had the responsibility of her kids, right. that is also having wisdom of understanding, you know, like, okay where it is that for her she just needed a lot of change what she was doing for people in my position that doesn't have a responsibility or anything like that is yes get out today and then you figure it out and and the key with that is understanding you know like all of the aspects of our life 
what's important start to actually take the time to map you know like what's important in my life is you know like perhaps money can still be there like i don't think that money is it's it's important but it can still be there and you know finding what makes you happy you know is it making art is it talking with people is it you know like going into nature is it um being creative is it whatever it is that makes you happy then start to do more of that and then suddenly as you were saying you know like okay if we're still in this space that we still need to make money because we still need to spend money if that is still true which not for everyone is true because i lived for a few years in a place where money didn't exist so i didn't touch money for a few years um if that is still true then it's about how can i make this that i'm doing already that you know like if there was no money what would i do okay how can i make some money doing that or how can I make more of that and find something that makes money that is not going to crush my soul? You know, it's like there's there's different ways of getting there. But ultimately, one of the main things for me is understanding our conditioning and our programming of success. We need to do a lot of unlearning with that to be able to be like, okay, what if I actually just work five hours a week for money? and the rest I don't. Can I actually find a way that I can pay a basic rent or something with that money? And the rest of the time I can do whatever it is that I want and that I love. It might be just chatting with people. You know, like, I mean, this, I don't know if, you know, like, it's not always, again, it's not always easy to make money from everything, but if someone loves talking with people, which I do, it's like, okay, like start a podcast, you know, like start recording it and potentially you'll have amazing conversations and then you might make money from that because other people might enjoy them and you can start a Patreon page and you can start making, you know, the people start supporting that. Perhaps that wasn't in someone's awareness. And this is, you know, like the key of, again, slowing down, of being able to actually reflect on what's important in my life. What do I love? What do I care for? What are my values? That is key. People have no idea. I'm a lot of times surprised because I'm fortunate that I did this work when I was younger of being able to slow down. But I'm a lot of times surprised. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm starting, you know, I'm working with new people. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting from zero here. They have no understanding on any of these things. So I need to remind myself of the time. And I mean, and it's from compassion. I'm not saying that as, you know, like as they are wrong or anything. It's just understanding where they are. And I think that the key for that is just, it's that, it's being able to understand that, you know, we need to get out of that, of that mindset of what success looks like and mm-hmm. all of the expectations and all of the pressures that come with things because you know what? No one has figured out life for themselves. Even the people that have the more success in what we believe in the Western world that is success, they're super unhealthy or they are super unhappy, even if they have all of the money in the world. So, you know, like, why are we chasing that? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to find those people that can show me, at least in part, okay, you can be well. You can be enjoying life in a different way. You can actually do things in a different way. 
you have no idea where to start go somewhere that you can live in exchange you know like volunteering and they can give you housing and food if you need some place to until you figure out what that looks like another thing to understand is as well getting out of the fear of failure there's no such thing as failure you know like we're only learning and we're only learning and i'm much rather in a sense quote unquote fail doing what i want to do than working in, in like nine to five that is just sucking my soul every single day if that is what's happening because not everybody hates that as well so um like if that is my case then it's like i much rather do what i'm doing and if that doesn't work then i'll just okay i'll just change and i'll do something else and guess what i can always go back to that work that is just for making money so being able to have that courage and that's render as well that as, as you were saying you know like when you start to get into your path, then everything starts to open and and things start to come to you. So I think that it's just understanding that that is possible. Yet we've been so conditioned that it's tough. It's tough to get there. That's why a lot of times, you know, people need that support. People work with you, people work with me, people work with many other people to be able to support them in that place of change in that space that there's a lot of unknowns and we are not conditioned to actually be okay in the unknown and the unknown is a beautiful place if we can harness its power but if we have no idea how it is then it's just drowning us well and it's the and i have found the key is discipline it's the discipline of uh, and this is why, for those of you that have been in my yoga classes, that I am such a stickler about stillness in between postures because I'm Hatha, te- uh, Hatha teacher and it's like stillness because that's the hardest part of the entire class is don't move. Be in the this this such a generous present moment, right? Because when you're present and when you're disciplined and when you know you can stay still when you know you can do something when you're in that unknown knowing right and you're in that present moment you don't know what's coming next but you have the discipline of that stillness and that just to be is when everything comes together it took me 15 years of yoga practice and 10 years of being a teacher and i'm still terrible at it honestly like I've hit like this this like tiny ant-sized ability to be comfortable in that discipline and in that unknown and it has been life-changing and so you're basically what I'm getting you can correct me if I'm wrong you're basically a discipline teacher it's like teach somebody how to be present it's teaching them how to have discipline in their life how to know who they are, how to be, how to hold, how to, and that all comes back to what we have lost as a society because everything's instant gratification is this disciplined practice because I have people tell me that I'm the meanest person they've ever met because I'm so such a disciplinary when it comes to, you know, do things to your ability, but to the best of your ability, have that discipline to be all in, to be all present, to show up. And a teacher knows, like my soul sees yours. I know when you're showing up or when you're like in outer space. Um, So I would like to hear your take on like discipline and that, 
that it's mm. philosophy because I think that goes hand in hand in living presently and shifting behaviors uh, yes. quite a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's something that is key there for me, which is perhaps one of the ways that we don't talk so much about discipline, that is which discipline yeah. in terms of what uh, form or what technique or what methodology is the right um, discipline for me to be able to actually have that discipline what is what you're talking about that is that consistency that discipline in staying with it the more um the most possible and yes i find that it's so easy when we find the right discipline to be disciplined mm -hmm. and until that moment it's just a struggle <laughs> like you're just you know like just going and it's like okay i'm just going and going and going but this is hard this is hard this is hard well perhaps that's not the right discipline for you perhaps that not that's not the right technique now saying that what you just mentioned about instant gratification <laughs> we need to try a little bit to see to go beyond perhaps we need to push a little bit to see Am I actually not able to be disciplined here just because life has been in a sense easier? Like I've been trying to go in the easy path all of the time. And that doesn't mean that now I'm choosing the hard path. Life can be easy. It's just about, you know, anytime that we make a change, there's a resistance to change because we like to be comfortable. We like to stay in that comfort zone. So anything that is going to challenge us, like our system is not going to go there. This is as well one of the interesting things about understanding our system. Both our mind and our nervous system, they are wired for survival. And if what actually has worked up until this moment, even if I am completely unwell, even if I'm completely out of alignment, even if I'm completely out of balance, I'm doing completely what I'm not supposed to be doing, I have survived. Therefore, my system understands I have survived. So keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on eating whatever food you're eating. Keep on working all of those hours that you're working. Keep on not sleeping. Keep on drinking all of those, whatever it is that you're drinking because you're surviving. Our system up until the moment that it finds what balance and alignment looks like, it knows the other thing. <laughs> so it's just going to stay comfortable there. So being able to find discipline is so hard. I like I know for me it was I went to seek that. <laughs> you know, like I I was like, I'm all over the place. I need some discipline and I need some structure. So again, having someone like, as you were saying, having you in a class saying that perhaps in the moment, someone might like see that as mean, but that is what perhaps supporting them to be there because of what understanding the psychology of people, we have been mostly wired for power dynamics and for trusting the voice of the person that is in front whether that is the teacher, the doctor, or the politician. So if we understand that, then we need to understand our roles and how we are showing up in a certain space. So if in that space you're in a class and the way that your students 
are going to actually do something is by you being more of a disciplinary that might seem mean then by all means if you can take it as like you as a person that other people might not see you with love and might think that you're mean then go ahead and do that so it's just a lot of times about finding that but being disciplined it's huge i mean i i i did this blog post sometime I can remember. I think it was this this year, at the very beginning of the year, and I'm I was doing the math of how many days I have done my sitting meditation practice consecutively, and it started in September 2012. It was like I don't know how many, like thousands of days, and and it was like that for me, you know, like that is discipline. That is what I need every single day to be able to actually live life how I want to live. I understood, wow, the days that I'm doing this, I feel like I feel really well. The days that I don't do this, I don't feel that well. So why would I ever not do that? I mean, like, this, this is part of the rewiring that we need to do and the shifting of our patterns of behaviors that we need to do. It's like when we recognize this actually helps. If I go to a yoga class, I feel really well that day. And it's like, why would I go a day without doing that? Now, again, everything in moderation, everything in like, you know, like if I'm pushing myself too much, also that might not be helpful. But understanding those things and, and being disciplined in that is like, okay, if I am disciplined, I'm super disciplined with my food. I eat every single day a smoothie and I every single day a salad. Like that is part of my day. And, and it's like, that helps my day keep a structure and within that structure, I can flow. Everything else I'm flowing. It's my, I wake up, I do my morning practice and then food is what keeps my day balanced. And, you know, and again, I understand as well, you know, I, that is what works for me. That might not be for everyone, but it's again, finding what is that thing and staying with that long enough to be able to shift that behavior because from you know like from the mind perspective to be able to change and um, like uh, a pathway in our neurons it takes a lot of times people take say that it takes 21 days for some people it takes up to 70 days so if you're one of those people that needs 70 days, if you've done 21 day challenges and stuff like that, you might actually never rewire your brain. So I always say to everyone, if you're going to start a new behavior, do it for 70 days. Right. If you are one of those people that need 21 days, then great, because the other 50 are going to just be breezy and easy. Yeah. If you're one of the other ones with 70, then okay, now you got it. <sighs> When I think that's, that's so, um, that's so important for people to realize, like when you said that the 21 days versus the 70 days, a lot of people don't even know how long it takes for their body to recreate a habit because they've never done the 21 days to get to the point where they were like, oh, I just like created a new neural network in my brain. And now I can continue this patterning. It's, it's so important to, I mean, just recognize that, but that's like your nervous system. Like you were saying, you know? So many people aren't in tune with it. Um, when you were talking, I all I heard was this. Uh, we work in the masculine and feminine. We help people balance the um, the yin and the yang energy. And when I heard you talking about your structure, you know, that's your masculine, you know, like 
that I want our audience to really recognize that like you have balanced your energies within you, within your day. And when you said, you know, I have to have structure masculine. And then you said, I have the flow, which is your, the feminine side, which is a beautiful dance and how you really talked about and connected the two, because you can actually, and as you were saying, you know, when your day is off, you know, if you miss that structure, the rest of it's going to be in chaos or you're not going to feel, you know, your yourself because you're imbalanced. Mm-hmm. And it's such an important thing because in society right now, we're hearing this, well, this toxic masculinity or this like extreme feminist. And, and so many people think that they have to be one energy or the other, which is, is so untrue because if you don't have both, you don't really exist. Like you, you know, you're very toxic when it goes either way. Um, so I think that was, that was a really great explanation of that, even though I know you weren't explaining that, but it was, it was a really like profound thing. And I was like, wow, it's so simple, but yet so many people overthink it, but you can really create a habit within both of those energies. So easily, if you can recognize them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's sorry for like, I think that one of the things that I, that I recognize for me, I've done a lot of work with the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, and this is based again on, on what we've been wired to to understand and the ways that we've been conditioned. If I would say, okay, I found a way to bring the masculine to my day and the feminine to my day, most people would like would tune out and not even yes. listen to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, okay, like I'm, as you're saying i'm i'm giving examples and, and it's the same you know like a lot of times for me i'm like i'm giving examples of what does it mean to be present what does it mean to it's if i tell you be present what do you do you know if i tell you okay connect to your masculine what do you do if you have no understanding and no and no framework for those ways of being then that's just going to go way over your head so it's important to be able to do this and as you're saying the the balance balance is key this is why i was drawn into tibetan buddhism because it's all about the middle way i don't see buddhism as a religion i see it as a way of living and i think that when we start to understand okay what's that balance how does that look like for me what's that again feminine and masculine the doing and the being you know like where can I find those moments? The same with other people, you know, like, where can I meet? Because there's no separation. Yes, there is a perceived separation, but there's no separation. So how can I find balance? How can I find balance with, you know, like work and, and life? You know, people say that all the time. There's no such thing as separation of work and life. Like work is life. If you're like there, you're living your life at work as well. So, you know, like how can we find balance in all of those things? Yeah. No. And it's, and like you were saying earlier, you know, it's the eight week or the eight hours of sleeping and the eight hours at work, you know, that's life and work. They, they have to coexist because if they don't, you're going to be tired at work or you're going to, you know, it's just this, um, it, it really is. There is no separation of anything when you really start to like break it down and think about it. There's everything is energy. Ideally Mm -hmm. it's where you're just where you're putting it and how you're, how are you, how are you using it? Yeah. And, you know, there's there's as well an understanding, and I think that like it was brought up earlier, understanding as well our systems and our systems are patriarchal. <laughs> and the more that we are aware of that, the easier it is to actually be 
in it, you know, like we can try to break it, which I think is what's necessary. But even within that, it's like, okay, still today, that system is out there. How am I internalizing that system? How am I living that system? How am I actually not being a victim of that system? For example, like with a lot of my female clients, it's like understanding your cycles. As I mentioned before, if you understand your cycles, you understand how you want to show up. Then you actually communicate how you want to show up or how you need to show up because your work is telling you that you need to be there all of the time at 100%. And it's like, well, that is not your reality. Like some days you're there and some days you're here and some days you're here and some days, you know, like, it's like, how can you honor your energy how can you honor your being and how can you be with what is understanding again like yes we live within systems but we don't have to be part of them every single moment of our days and um, by actually you know like a lot of times i I'm, i talk about and, and making changes as well for for like for the world and having an impact it's like well the biggest thing that i can do for the world is you know as a revolution is take care of myself yep. if i am well i'm actually a rebel in this world because i'm taking care of myself <laughs> so you know like i haven't been like i i realized the other time like i haven't taken any pills or i haven't been to a hospital or anything for more than like 15 years or even 20 years like i don't even know what you know like what does that you know like look like to actually like be feeling something and instead of feeling it like yeah. to pop a pill into my body just to numb myself from that experience i cannot remember what that was like you know i grew up a little bit with that but it's like now it's like okay there's something that is happening it's like okay where am i feeling that can i be with that feeling and then i move on and I process that feeling instead of keep on repressing and keep on actually creating more and more blockages and more and more trauma in my body that then at some point I'm going to have to deal with it. And guess what? For most people, they never deal with that. Therefore, we get a lot of cancer and we get a lot of different illnesses that that's the way of the body saying, hello, 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 you haven't been paying attention to me for years and years and years. And now I'm going to show you. So for me a lot of times it's about understanding well-being as as the most important aspect of my life if i am not well if i'm not aligned if i you know if i don't find the right uh, conditions for me then i'm not going to be well and then what do i care about everything else you know like who, there's this saying you know like that uh, I think the Dalai Lama said it kind of like I'm paraphrasing here, but everybody is working their entire life, you know, like hard and they are losing their health and then they need to spend all of their money for finding health. And so like, well, just be healthy from the get go, you know, like be well, make some money if you need to, you know, like, but be well, that should be our, <laughs> our basis. <laughs> Well, and it's, you know, it, as you talk about it, you know, it really touches into Megan and I have been really studying new German medicine and new German medicine is based on, um, not treating the symptom, but it's the whole theory of a conflict within the body. Mm -hmm. And so, like you were saying, like trauma, not being processed or, you know, a lot of times, um, we've had a woman, we've had a few interviews and clients and stuff that have had breast cancer 
what normally falls on the side of their heart because of a heartbreak, you know? And so you start to like break, break down these illnesses and these ailments. And you really actually start to see the baseline of it is, you know, the, the trauma that wasn't processed, the, the pain that wasn't, you know, sitting in it. Um, I think our society is so been so programmed to be scared of being something right. Like, or feeling a pain in your shoulder or, you know, pushing that threshold when you're in a yoga class where it's not painful, but it's discomfort because maybe there's a trauma blockage. Maybe you need to be aware of that in your body so that then now you can process it because now it's a, you're aware consciously and can be like, okay, let's look at this. Like the right, you know, the right and left side of the body back to the feminine, the masculine, like, is there a trauma line? Is there something where your chi is stuck in that energy? you know, because that is where illness happens. And you, you see in society, this fear, right? Everyone wants to run to a pill and we get it all the time where it's like, I have anxiety, I have depression, I'm this, I'm that. And we're like, you have a laundry list of what someone has ideally labeled you. Like, what are you actually feeling? Do you actually identify with these words? And a lot of times people will, when we break it down for them, they're like, wow, I didn't even realize it was just a label. It was something that someone else told me I felt. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a really fascinating thing that's happening in society right now, because I think a lot of people are actually kind of pushing back and being like, wow, maybe, you know, maybe I have been to, I have succumbed to Western medicine and obviously there's a time and a space for it because I do believe it has saved a lot of lives with emergency surgeries, but I think it's almost now to the point where um, there's a lot of pharmaceuticals making a lot of money on people and ailments because they're so out of tune with their bodies. Well, and there's that fear of, uh, you know, so many people won't leave their jobs because of health insurance. And oh, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, no, we're with you. You're like the male, <laughs> you're like the male version of us that has a lot more practice in like actually meditating and everything. So like things to aspire to, but uh, there's so much fear about having to have health insurance. And I'm like, yeah, dude, if you eat right, if you meditate, do yoga, if you take care of you, I mean, I haven't, even if I do get a little bit sick or something comes up, I'm like, oh, I'm processing something. There's something going on. And guess what? As soon as you start to process it is actually when you get sick. And then on the other side of it is actually when you're able to transmute that conflict. And it's, so now it's, when I don't feel well, or there's something going on, it's a pause for me. It's a like, it's a timeout of like, okay, what am I processing? What's going on? So it's such a time to go within and to kind of reflect and to learn and process whatever that is, instead of going into that fear response of, I need to go to a doctor and I need somebody else to tell me what's going on with me, which is completely, excuse my language, but asinine to me. It's like, how can somebody else tell you what's going on with you? You just need to sit in it. And this whole like health insurance and all of these, again, systems that are based out of fear, they're based out of lack, they're based out of, you know, you basically being a zombie and somebody else feeding you the programming and the information when so many times I'll sit down with one of the people we're working with and they name all the things that are wrong, that if they took them out of their life, they wouldn't have what they have. And I'm like, then do it. I'm like, what you, you just named everything you didn't need. What do you need me for? The thing is, is people have been taught not to trust themselves. They've been taught not to love themselves and trust themselves and be in it. 
And again, another example of yoga, I, people get so pissed at me. I'm like, pain is a gift. It's your threshold. Know the difference between good pain and bad pain. Step into the good pain. Know that this is your, like, I'm right here. I'm going to be present in it. I'm going to hold space for it. Know when to back off when it's bad pain, but people are so out of touch and out of tune that they're like, oh my God, pain. And they just completely collapse. And like, if you don't learn that relationship, you are completely screwed in your life because you don't know what to lean into and what to lean out of. You just, again, going back to what you were saying, they just want to be comfortable. They want to be in homeostasis all the time. And unfortunately, we didn't come into this human experience to be comfortable. That's where life gets miserable. It's where you're on that edge of good pain and bad pain when you're really towing the line and learning how to be uncomfortable, which is the unknown. That's where your growth is. That's where your that's where your soul came here to do is evolve. And when we teach people how to just relax into it, the pain lessens immediately. And that fear-based of the Western structures of like, I need this and I need that. And da -da 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 -da. Dude, I, I, I just get to the point where it's like, challenge them, step into it. What, what's the worst that can happen? You have to go back to work and you have to get health insurance. I mean, it's uh, because what's, what's so surprising to all the people they are like, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, yeah, when you step in, it's really, you spend more time worried about this concept yes. then when you actually step into it you're like oh that wasn't so bad like yes stop the, making the, this the up in your head yeah that projection, projection is, is is the worst thing and and you know i think a lot of times because i don't have health insurance i don't either, <laughs> like, I don't either. um I, I i also think you know and this is a lot of times going back to those labels labeling our experience mm -hmm that a lot of times so we need to understand this double sword um edge that we have there because for a lot of people it's great to actually label their to someone label their experience or for them to label their experience if that's going to be conducive for them to right. actually understand themselves but also then that can get in the way because then you start to identify as that and that's not you you know like a lot of times i i like i see some of my students or some of my clients and they are like you know like i'm the i'm depressed and i'm like so you are depressed right and they're like yes i am depressed so i'm like okay so you're nothing else and they said like what so i'm like you just said you I am depressed. And like, could it be that there is some depressing feelings or experiences that you are having? Or are you that? And it's like, you know, like starting to understand how we over-identify with certain things actually is really important and to get out of the labels as well, because those labels are not it. I talk a lot with a lot of people about this. There's a huge difference between feelings and emotions. And anytime that we go into emotions, we're going to something that is just not real. It's in our heads. Because what is anger, for example? Anger is different for everybody because when we were kids, we experienced something, we said something, and then that got related to anger. So perhaps your anger is here in your chest, whereas for me, perhaps anger is in my belly or perhaps for someone else is next to it. And instead of being able to feel the feeling, it's like, oh, I'm angry or I am frustrated or I am whatever. And it's like, what's the actual feeling there? You know, what's the actual energy there? Instead of 
what is that because that emotion comes with a pattern of behavior and a pattern of like reaction a lot of times so it's like let's slow down let's feel the feeling and then let's see how do we want to respond instead of reacting how do we want to respond to life that is going from the unconscious to the conscious and it's so important to understand as well no talking about the the health uh, system that's not a health system we also need to get out of that label that is a sickness sick system and health is another thing health is about finding balance and about being well and about taking control of our experience as you were saying most people have no idea what's going on they cannot trust their bodies because they have never listened to their bodies so it's one of the things i actually like i think i posted this recently it's like i i give this um, advice to a lot of people okay make a decision listen to your body Yeah. Only if you have learned how to listen to your body. If you haven't learned how to listen to your body, <laughs> don't listen to your body because then you're just listening to your head, thinking that you're listening to your body. So you, then you're just listening to that conditioning. So it's like really important to understand again, what are we talking about? Because if we, as you're saying, you know, like if someone is going to a class and there's this place that it feels a little bit painful, Where is that pain? Where is that feeling? You know, like, tell me, like, get out of pain. You know, uh, there's in in the Buddhist teachings, there's this practice that perhaps it's a little bit more well-known now that it's called Vipassana. Um, and in, in that practice, there's a lot of retreats, 10-day retreats around the world of that practice. In that practice, we can, we come back to having equanimity for every feeling. Feeling every feeling. There's no such a thing as discomfort. There's no such a thing as pain. That is just a label in my head. What is the feeling? Now, yes, it might not be a pleasant feeling. It might be a little bit intense. Yes. Okay. What's the threshold of intensity that I can be with at this moment? And that is the key. Because, you know, like, some feelings are really nice and easy and subtle and some feelings are really intense and I want to have equanimity for all of it and I don't want to be seeking all of the time that high intensity I want the subtlety I want you know like I, I tell a lot of times to 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 my clients it's like how can you find softness in your life how can you find gentleness in your life how can you find that because you know we have been so on the other side of things that everything is about intensity and everything is about highs that we don't know how to be with that other aspect again masculine and feminine so it's like getting back to those places of understanding and the more that we take the time to experience to feel to be and to actually befriend our experience to as you're saying like you know when your body is telling you something don't like don't put a pill or don't drink something to not feel it go into the feeling but that's not what we've been trained to do so it's like it takes a lot of courage to do things differently it takes a lot of courage to be able to step into a different way of living it takes courage to do something that everybody around you might be like who's that weirdo you know like i i went back to argentina once uh to visit And there was a rumor that I was in, in a cult. Ah. And, like, and I'm like, okay, whatever. It's like, but I'm like, you know, I'm just living a different way 
than what everybody's doing and you know they they there was no understanding of of what it is that i was doing people just saw me very different people saw that i was you know like doing all these different practices that they look different and i'm like and i'm like well yeah it's just the different choice and and again you know like i i embrace the fact that i'm different i embrace the fact that i'm for a lot of people weird i embrace the fact that i'm not the norm and i'm and i'm good with that because mm -hmm. i don't think that the, what's normal is okay i think that what's normal is completely out of balance mm -hmm. so it's like i am going to be out of that and mm -hmm. i'm going to live my life like i'm still part of the system of course but I'm going to do me. And this is important, like, you know, understanding that I don't have to please anyone. I don't have to do anything for anyone. I don't have to display anything. I'm just going to be me. You like me? Awesome. You don't like me? Awesome. You know, like, I'm not doing anything for other people. I'm doing everything for me. I care about people. I understand and I'm compassionate. I understand. But I'm not going to perform in life because of what other people might think of me that's a huge conditioning that we have in the society so you know like in in yoga classes or in, i see this in my classes a lot i don't know if you see it in your classes people looking at each other to see how they are doing the poses and i'm like go in like who cares about what the other person is doing like their body and their amount of practice you know how flexible they are who cares about that this part is about connection to yourself like go in and do the practice because who cares about the other one you know like we, we were doing i have two funny stories that i think that were really interesting i was teaching a class and like this person was you know like we were doing um a balancing posture and this person was starting to be bubbly so i just like i'm in front of the class so i just like basically like fall down I, I push myself to to fall down so that they could see that it's okay to fall down you know like because I felt like you know like she was starting to charge herself because she was almost going to fall down so I was like I'm going to fall down and the other one was really funny um someone farted in the middle of the class and I could see their face and everybody around so I just for my forced myself and I farted in front of the class as well so I was like, you know, that's a fart. That's it. You know, like there's nothing more. Let's just move on. You know, like there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing, you know, like it's just like, just fart and that's it. So, you know, like when we start to see those things, it's like, okay, like what's, you know, who cares? Who cares? And that is a, one of the things that a lot of times to be able to come back to our world essence and to just be ourselves not what everybody else is doing not what the normal thing is just be you that is the key and we need to find what that looks like we need to find how to get there because we need to unlearn so much and we need to undo so much and we need to heal and process and integrate so much that it can take years and years and years but get what guess what like the time to start is now if you haven't so any single moment is a start. Well, and it, it's so true because it, you know, why, you know, why wait until you're on your deathbed wishing you would have started, right? And I, you know, I had a mentor a couple, probably about 10 years ago, who she told me, she said, Nicole, it's none of your business what other people think of you. Just do you. 
And that was like, I remember her telling me that. And I was like, what? And when I started implementing those words into my life, I was like, wow, I can live so much lighter because I don't have to think or be worried about this like outside world of well, what do they think about my outfit or what, what, whatever dialogue, you know, that happens in your head. And I think that is so, you know, when, when people take care of themselves and everybody's taking care of themselves, it's almost profound because it's like, an, it's almost like a, it, it's infectious. Everyone else around you starts to take care of themselves and like go within themselves. And then all of a sudden you have this like community of, of people that they're like, taking care of them. They still care, but they're, there's no drama. There's no gossip. There's like, you know, people check on you to make truly check on you, not to just check on you, to get information, to gossip about you to, you know, another person. So it's really, um, it really is a part of, and it's a part of everyday life. You have to practice to really be in that. And, you know, starting today is a very important thing. Yeah, no, it's, um, it is, life-changing to be present. And I feel like we could talk to you for like Days. three hours, <laughs> but we've got another podcast we've got to do. So, um, you know, thank you so much, Brian. And if there was one thing that you could leave um, our audience with, or one thing to like better the world, what would it be? Ooh, um, I'm going to wrap them in the, like it's more than one, but it's again, slow down feel your body and be you. Love those. Yes. And if our audience wants to get a hold of you or connect with you, social media or anything like that, how can they get a hold of you? Yes, they can find me either through my name, Brian Burnerman, uh, on social media or my website or through my business, Conscious Action, uh, NZ as New Zealand. Uh, either of those are good platforms to, to find me. And yeah, just check what's there send me a message. I love engaging with people, whether I'm working with them or not. So yes. <laughs> awesome. And I will include all of those in our show notes. So if you um, are driving or doing anything where you're a bit distracted, you're just listening to us in your AirPods or in your headphones, um, you'll be able to click those through the show notes to be able to contact Brian. But thank you again, Brian, so much for your time and for your knowledge. We deeply appreciate the time that you spent with us and we will hopefully have you on the show at a future date. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you for having me here. <laughs> and make sure that you follow us at synchronicity underscore sisters on Instagram, along with synchronicity222 on Instagram. That's our business page. It's a little more professional. And then, of course, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify. We are on all major platforms. And then, of course, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and review the show for that. Other people that are out there searching for a new podcast to listen to. We hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you guys all soon.